0: Persuasion by Jane Austen, Volume 1, Chapter 5 Previously on Persuasion We are introduced to the family of Sir Walter Elliot of Kellynch Hall, including his three daughters. The youngest, Mary is married, the elder two are not. The eldest is his favorite, Elizabeth, and Anne is our main character. Uh, their mother, Lady Elliot, has been deceased for some time. Her good friend, so the mother's best friend who still lives in the area, Lady Russell, is also introduced and has a certain fondness for Anne, although the rest of her family doesn't really seem to care for her that much. We soon find out that Sir Elliot has sort of run through his money, has not been good with his money, and they are now sort of in a crisis. They don't know what to do. It's decided that they're going to have to rent out Kellynch Hall to make up for the fact that they don't have any money, and they'll rent something cheaper to live in themselves. Um, Anne wants to stay near Kellynch Hall, where she is happy in the country, but she is very quickly overruled, and the family has decided that they will go to Bath. And in this overruling even, Anne's only real supporter, Lady Lady Russell, disagreed with her and felt that the family should move to Bath, and Lady Russell's a little biased because she lives in Bath a lot of the time. She really likes Bath. And nobody cares that Anne detests Bath and doesn't want anywhere, doesn't want to go anywhere near it. Everyone puffs up Sir Elliot about renting his home to a Navy man for some reason. And then we get the person who is going to rent their home, Admiral Croft. And who is Admiral Croft? Nobody else seems to remember him or know him. But Anne, for some reason, seems to know who Admiral Croft is and know a good bit about his family. family. And it turns out the Admiral's wife's brother used to live in the area. And they talk a little bit about who he could be. And and Sir Elliot doesn't remember, but Anne does. Anne, of course, says, oh, you're talking about Mr. Wentworth. And the lawyer, Mr. Shepherd, agrees with her. And Sir Elliot quickly shuts him down and says that you know, Wentworth wasn't really a gentleman, so that's why I couldn't think of who you were talking about. I thought you were speaking of some man of property. And Mr. Wentworth was nobody. So that connection didn't help, but they did eventually get um, Sir Elliot to agree that he could rent the house to Admiral Croft. Um, And then Anne, we just find out that she, once the conversation is completed and we know what's going to happen, she leaves the room for the comfort of cool air for her flushed cheeks and says a few moments more and he, perhaps, may be walking here, leaving us off with the idea of who is he? And in the next chapter, we quickly find out that the he she's talking about is not the Mr. Wentworth who used to live in the area, who was the curate of Monkford, but instead was his brother, a Captain Frederick Wentworth, who had stayed with him for some time in the past. And he and Anne had fallen in love, and they had wanted to get married, but Sir Walter, completely forbade it, said that, as he was talking about... Mr. Wentworth, the curate, being nothing and not a gentleman, he seemed to think very similarly of poor Captain Frederick Wentworth. As nothing, he saw it as a degrading alliance, and didn't want it to happen. And we also find out that Lady Russell also was very against the match and tried to make it not happen. She feels like Anne could have a much better match. And as far as it goes for Anne, the... Critique of Lady Russell holds a much bigger, I guess, problem for her than her father being against the match. She holds Lady Russell's opinion in higher esteem. And based on all of that opinion, though, she is persuaded to believe the engagement a wrong thing. So there we get that word persuaded. Persuasion the title of the book. She's persuaded to break the engagement with Captain Wentworth, and that all happened more than seven years ago. And we find out that Anne is now 27, and she now thinks very differently from what she had, what what she had been made to think when she was 19. So this happened, she fell in love with Captain Wentworth when she was 19, she is now 27, she is still unmarried, and um, Lady Russell does not think that she was wrong in the past, but is starting to worry that Anne is not getting married because she thinks that she should. We get a little bit more history about Captain Wentworth and how he had done in his career. And so that is why she is now upset, or, well, not upset, but she is filled with some pain at the idea that her former fiancé's sister is now going to be living in her home. Nobody except for Anne seems to make this connection to the Wentworths or even remember that this little engagement happened in the past and so Anne is hoping that there won't be any real awkwardness about the fact that she has this connection to the family. And that is the end of chapter four. We move on to chapter five. So we start out chapter five with the Admiral and Mrs. Croft coming to see Kellynch Hall. Anne makes herself scarce. She found it most natural to take her almost daily walk to Lady Russell's. And... Was mo- and found it most natural to be sorry that she had missed the opportunity of seeing them. I read this, obviously, and well, obviously to me anyway, it seems sarcastic, that Anne, of course, you know, wanted to go to see Lady Russell just as the Crofts were coming in, and so she, oh darn, missed seeing them. And that seems to be very much on purpose, that she was hoping to again avoid that awkwardness, Whether the Crofts know about her and their situation with Mrs. Croft's brother seven years ago or not, notwithstanding, basically, she still doesn't want to see them, would find that awkward. So she goes away, but the meeting goes very well between the Crofts and Sir Elliot, or not Sir Elliot, Sir Walter, Sir Walter, Sir Sir Walter Elliot, Eh, whatever, Sir Walter. Um, They agree on everything, it's all good, and they both give each other sort of backhanded compliments where sir walter says that you know if he just had it basically if he had his hair done better i wouldn't be at all embarrassed to be seen with him in public and the admiral says that i thought we should soon come to a deal my dear in spite of what they told us at taunton the marionette will never see the t- the Thames on fire but there seems no harm in him um, which I take to mean that uh, he's a little simple, he's a little you know not quite so bright, but meh, he seems fine, no harm in him, nothing too bad, and it says that reciprocal compliments which would have been esteemed about equal, which I think kind of means they both probably would have been offended by that, but which makes sense, so the Crofts are going to take possession of the of Kellynch Hall at Michaelmas, and so the family of the elliots has to get out um so they're packing up they're getting out ready to go anne ends up going she's going to stay back for a while um and she lady russell wants her to stay but she's not going to stay but lady russell has other things she's going to do and apparently can't take anne with her and anne obviously can't stay at lady russell's house alone gasp so inappropriate but her younger sister mary who is married and lives nearby wants her to come wants Anne to come stay with her for a while because she's feeling unwell and Elizabeth the older sister says that she had better stay for nobody will want her in bath which is like rude Elizabeth is not nice um and seems to have no interest in Anne at all so Both of her sisters are really not that nice because Mary doesn't even seem to ask Anne. She just tells Elizabeth that she wants Anne to come with her. And Elizabeth's like, whatever, I don't want Anne with me anyway. So Anne's going to go stay with Mary. And Anne is happy enough about this because she wanted to stay in the country anyway. So she's going to stay with Anne until Lady Russell comes back to town. Then she'll go stay with Lady Russell for a while. And then she'll go to Bath when Lady Russell does, is the plan. So she then stays, Lady Russell takes her with her on her trip out of town because Lady Russell specifically wants to get out of town as the, um, the, uh, the Admiral and his wife are moving in because she sees that as like a degradation or somewhat. She doesn't want to be there at the time. So that's part of why she's leaving. Anyway, the whole plan is worked out. Everybody's very happy about it until Lady Russell finds out that Mrs. Clay is going with elizabeth and sir walter to bath and we take this as a big insult to anne on the one hand as well as lady russell is just unhappy about it so if you remember mrs clay is a widow she has some kids she's the daughter of sir walter um solicitor his lawyer um So she is very much in a lower class than the Elliot's. Um, So Lady Russell had already been worried about this friendship between Mrs. Clay and Elizabeth and had wanted to kind of push back on that. And that was actually one of the reasons that Lady Russell was so excited that they were going to get out of town is that it would separate Elizabeth from Mrs. Clay, but to her annoyance, Mrs. Clay is now going on the trip, and it's not even mentioned here, but that means she's leaving her kids behind with her dad, I suppose, or with her family, Um, which seems a little weird, but that's apparently what she's going to do, but part of this is that, you know, if you just remember, on the last page when Mary wants Anne to stay with her, Elizabeth says that, you know, nobody wants Anne in Bath, there would be no need for her. But, she says that she is, that Mrs. Clay had to go to Bath because, as a most important and valuable assistant to Elizabeth in all the business before her. Which Lady Russell, I think rightly, and Anne herself, I think rightly, take as a direct sort of insult to Anne that Mrs. Clay will be a great assistance to Elizabeth in getting a house and bath and setting it up and blah blah blah. But Anne, of course, would not be any help with any of that. So it says Anne is herself hardened to such a friend. Um, so she, uh, she was also insulted, but, you know, was used to being insulted by her older sister, so didn't really care as much about that the way Lady Russell did. But for her, the bigger problem is that she is worried that such close quarters could be some... That basically, that Sir Walter might end up marrying Mrs. Clay, and that would be problematic for everybody. And she seems to think that that might be what Mrs. Clay is hoping for, is a new and uh, more influential marriage. Um, She brings this up to Elizabeth. Elizabeth just scoffs at her and says that there's no way, you know, she's not pretty enough. My father laughs at her all the time about her freckles and her projecting tooth. Um, And that Mrs. Clay never forgets who she is. And that, of course, nothing like that would ever happen. How dare you, basically. She's all affronted and offended by the whole thing. And Anne walks away from that encounter basically thinking, well, I mean, that's as good as it could have gone. Elizabeth never listens to her or cares what her thoughts are, but at least maybe now she'll be watching for it, so she'll be able to nip anything in a bud that happens. Either way, it's all good, and Elizabeth, Mrs. Clay, and Sir Walter are off. And it says the last office of the four horse car- carriage horses was to take them away to Bath, um, assuming that the horses are going to be sold after that. And Anne leaves at the same time to go to the lodge where Lady Russell lives, or, I think, yes. Yeah, she's going to the, the lodge, must be Lady Russell's house, so she's going to Lady Russell for the first week. Um, and then that's when Lady Russell, on her way out of town, leaves her with, at Uppercross Cottage, which is where Mary lives, her sister. So she ends up at Upper Cross, in the, town, the little village of Upper Cross, where Upper Cross Cottages, and we get a little dissertation paragraph about how the whole Upper Cross village is very in the old English style, and that the only place that isn't is this new Upper Cross Cottage where Mary and her husband and her two little kids live which is a farmhouse elevated into a cottage for their residence, And it's of a very different style, very modern, with a veranda and French windows and other prettiness, quick to catch a... that was likely to catch the traveler's eye. And says that Anne has been staying there often enough, so she apparently comes to visit Mary pretty regularly. It's very close, the two families were continually meeting but she finds Mary alone in her home and says but being alone, her being unwell and out of spirits, was almost a matter of course. It said she has Mary has no resources for solitude. And as she has a considerable share of the Elliot self importance, was very prone to add to every other distress that of fancying herself neglected and ill used. Um so Mary is not the most fun person it sounds like so she gets very bored easily and fancies herself sick is the impression I'm getting from this that she you know with that she had no resources for solitude she doesn't you know probably have any hobbies to really like keep herself busy when she's alone she probably the only thing she does is like talk and socialize and things and so when she's alone she gets bored and thinks that she's ill Anne fancies herself neglected and ill-used. And that comes in because as soon as Anne comes in, probably we assume at the time Anne was supposed to be there, um, Mary greets her with, "Oh, so you are come at last! I began to think I should never see you. I am so ill, I can hardly speak. I have not seen a creature the whole morning. And Anne just is calmly replying and that's kind of how this conversation goes. Mary is over dramatic and over the top, and just everything is crazy. And Anne just comes back very politely and quietly that everything's fine, you're fine, don't worry about it, and tries to like change the conversation. Asks about Charles, her husband, and says she hasn't seen him since seven o'clock that morning when he decided to go hunting, even though I told him how ill I was. And he said he wouldn't stay out long, but he's never come back. And she asked about her children. And she said, well, yeah, I had them until I could not bear their noise. They are, they are so unmanageable. So they don't mind a word she says. So she complains about her kids for a bit. And, well, you're going to be better now. How about we uh, go visit the neighbors at the great house? And so they do. They go over to see the musk the musk robes, which is an easy walk close by in the village when, and this is her mary's um in-laws her husband's family oh i guess before they go um she's again she starts she's again complaining and saying that it was so unkind of Anne not to come earlier and Anne says well you even told me That you didn't need me, and that you were very cheerful then, so, like, kind of get over yourself. And that she had a lot to do with closing up Kellynch Hall, which then Mary says, Dear me, what can you possibly have to do? Which, again, I thought was super rude. (laughs) Like, so this house she's lived in her entire life. They're moving out, and other people are moving in, and you're surprised she had something to do? But Anne is just very polite, matter of fact, oh, a great many things, I assure you more than I can recollect at the moment. And she talks about having to, you know, catalog some of the books and pictures and things that they have. I'm not sure if they're staying with the house or moving with them or, but either way she had to do some sort of catalog of them and going through last minute stuff with the gardener and arranging all of her own stuff. Like her things had to all be packed up and set out of the house and I think it looks sounds like it had to be divided, you know, because she's staying until she's staying a few months before she goes to bath. So I'm assuming some of her stuff got packed up and sent with her father to bath right now. And some of it, you know, staying with her for the few months that she's staying with lady Russell and Mary before she goes to bath. So sounds like there was, I mean, you're packing up a house again, you've lived in your entire life that somebody else is moving into. So you can't really leave any of your personal stuff there. You have to get it all packed up and out. There's plenty to do with moving, even if you're not the lady of the house. Whatever. Oh, and she also then says, though, interestingly, that she then has to go to all the houses in the parish as a sort of take leave. So she's going around to everyone saying goodbye, kind of on behalf of the family, it sounds like. Which the reason I say that's interesting is that I would assume from other, like, Jane Austen novels and you know, historical novels set in that time period, it would seem to me that the lady of the house, so to speak, see so Elizabeth would be this in this in this family, would be the one who would kind of be designated as the person to go around to all the ha- to all the families in the neighborhood for this sort of goodbye to everyone in the parish. So it's interesting to me that Anne is the one who does that that take leave thing, because it kind of shows to me that even though Elizabeth is the head, is the the lady of the house and everything, she doesn't seem to want to do the, I guess charity work of that position. So it sounds like, from this description I've gotten to this point, that Elizabeth probably runs the house and is in charge of the money and buys stuff and clothes and things. But, you know, Anne is the one who's talking to the gardener. Anne is the one who is doing a catalog of all the stuff in the library. Anne is the one who's going and doing all the rounds of the parish, which are also things that I would think would be kind of Lady of the House duties. So it seems to me from this that Anne also does a lot of that sort of work, and reading between the lines, it seems like Elizabeth just does the part that she wants to do, and the stuff that she considers fun and glamorous or whatever, and Anne sort of picks up the slack on the stuff that Elizabeth does not want to do. Um, But anyway, after that description, Mary just kind of doesn't know what to say to that, and says, but you never asked me a word about the dinner at the pools yesterday. To which Anne replies that, well, I kind of thought since you've been so sick, you might not have gone. And Mary's like, oh, no, I was fine yesterday. And she goes off and talks about the party, but then it was so boring and blah, blah, blah. But with having Anne there to talk to her, she is now kind of picking up. She eats a little bit. They talk, whatever. And that's when they decide to go on their little walk. And they decide to go call on Mrs. and Miss Musgroves, which are the in-laws. So then that's where they're going over there. And there's a little, little discussion of etiquette here, which I always think the etiquette of the time period is a little interesting about how technically the Musgroves really should come over and visit Anne before Anne goes to visit them, because like when you're new to the neighborhood, everybody else is supposed to come visit you first, you're not supposed to be the one to like go out into the neighborhood, and Anne just kind of pushes that sort of formality aside, and you know, that she's not really new here, she's, already heard that Mary's lived here for some time and Anne comes and visits her regularly so she kind of feels like we don't need to stand on that kind of ceremony at this time so they go over they walk over to the great house which is where mr. and mrs. Musgrove and their the rest of their kids live and there's a little again talk about these new the new style of things where they've got the where they've got all the furniture out and about around the room whereas the old-fashioned style would be to have all the furniture up against the wall and then you pull out what you need for whatever you're doing at the time and so they're saying that there's a proper air of confusion from all of this and so there's this there's this change in the house and then the next paragraph saying that the musgroves themselves like their houses were in a state of alteration, perhaps of improvement. The mother and fa- the father and mother were in the old English style, and the young people in the new. So, Mister and Missus Musgrove were a very good sort of people, friendly and hospitable, but not much educated and not at all elegant. Their children had more modern minds and manners. So, I think that's just an interesting like take on the family that. Mr. and Mrs. Musgrove are more old-fashioned, they're friendly, um, but not elegant. And their children are more elegant and modern, and have modern minds and manners. Then we talk about, so they have a bunch of kids, but there are only three grown-ups. So Charles, who is Mary's husband, and then there are two grown-up daughters, Henrietta and Louisa, who are 19 and 20 and who had gone to school in Exeter and oh, gotten all the usual stock of accomplishments. And were now, like thousands of other young ladies, living to be fashionable, happy and merry. So they went to a finishing school sort of situation in Exeter, um, which means that they learned probably to play an instrument, to dance, um, maybe a second language like French, kind of thing and how to be an accomplished young woman which is definitely talked about in other Jane Austen novels Um, so it says that they were very their faces were pretty their dress had every advantage their spirits were extremely good their manners unembarrassed and pleasant and they were of consequence at home and favorites abroad and We get a little bit of a dig at them because Anne always contemplated them as some of the happiest creatures of her acquaintance, but still, saved as we all are by some comfortable feelings of superiority from wishing for the possibility of exchange, she would not have given up her own more elegant and cultivated mind for all their enjoyments. So, she seems to really like them, but, um, we get this impression here that Anne thinks she's smarter than them, is what I take from this. Well, it says from her own more elegant and cultivated mind. So I'm the cultivated mind part. I'm thinking smarter, um, more elegant. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Maybe she thinks her manners are better. Um, and so it says, so in any case, she's not jealous of them, their manners. The only thing that she is a little bit, Jealous of them is their seemingly perfect good understanding and agreement together. That good-humored and mutual affection of which she had known so little herself with either of her sisters. So that's kind of sad. So we get here that those Musgrove's daughters are, Louise and Henrietta, are very sweet girls, probably very nice, and thinks that she's a little smarter than them. But we also have this age difference of Anne is 27, and they are 19 and 20. In the modern era, I can definitely see 27-year-olds finding themselves to be as superior of a 19 and 20-year-old anyway. So I think that kind of could just be that age difference as well. Um, I don't think there's anything too strange about that, of a 27-year-old feeling superior to a 19 and 20-year-old. And honestly, if we were in the heads of Henrietta, and Louisa, that they probably feel superior because that seems pretty reciprocal, um, from in my experience. But the one thing that she really does envy them for is the fact that they seem to be really good friends and spend a lot of time together and have a lot of enjoyment in each other. And so that's kind of sad for Anne that she wishes she had a better sister relationship with either of her sisters, which so far in this book, I would have to agree with Anne. Her relationship with her sisters is not great. And, uh, I don't know how it happened, but neither of her sisters seem to be, like, great people. Um, The way Anne is being kind of developed to be. So I don't know how she ended up so different than both of her sisters, I guess. Um, But I feel for Anne in that moment, how she's watching these two siblings who have such a nice, sweet relationship with each other and kind of wishing that she had that kind of friendship with either of her sisters. So we end the chapter with they were received with great cordiality. Nothing seemed to miss on the side of the great House family. and Anne very well knew that they were usually the least to blame. So we take from this that the difficulties between the two families, the one of the, the two sets of Musgroves, so Charles and his wife versus his parents and their children, their other children, is usually the fault of Mary and Charles's side and I'm going to read between the lines, it's usually the fault of Mary, I'm thinking, is the one who's to blame for the disagreements and, you know, the non-cordiality between the two families. But everything seems fine now. They chat away for half an hour. And then when they decide to go and finish their walk after that, Mary asks both of the Miss Musgroves to come along at her particular invitation. Which is again just showing how sort of fickle Mary is, because right before they came over, she was talking about how she didn't want to have anything to do with them and, like, had specifically said that they were gonna go uh, that they would get, get the visit with the uh, the Musgroves over, so that then they could be alone on their walk, with just turn Anne. But now that they've seen them, she invites the other two along specifically so they don't have that little sister walk. Um, which I think also just kind of underscores the fact that Mary is not at all interested in the alone time with Anne, doesn't seem to feel the need for it, and I I guess still sort of underscores the less than perfect relationship there between the two of them. And that is where we end with chapter five. So, we... I was thinking we were gonna to get to go to Bath very soon, but it sounds like we're going to be staying in this country neighborhood for a while. So I assume we'll get to Bath eventually, because I have read that this book takes place, that um, this similar to Northanger Abbey takes place quite a bit in Bath. So I'm assuming we'll end up in Bath pretty soon. But we're staying in the country for a while longer, and we're getting to meet Mary. And one thing that they didn't really talk about in this chapter, but came up earlier in the novel, but I'm pretty sure it's explained that Charles Musgrove originally wanted to marry Anne. She declined and so he married Mary instead. Which I'm assuming everything's fine because it sounds like she's, Anne spends a good amount of time with the Musgroves. So apparently nobody took that personally and there wasn't any like ill will about that. I'm just thinking that must be kind of, I would just feel like that would be kind of awkward all around for everyone involved. And I'm assuming Mary knows that her husband originally wanted to marry Anne and then kind of settled for her as a second choice. But that seems awkward. Maybe that's part of why Mary is so weird to Anne. I don't know. It just the whole thing just seems a little off and awkward to me. I'll be interested to see if we stay with Mary in the next chapter. I don't know whether we're staying in staying with the Musgroves for a while, or if we're going to skip right on to go back to Lady Russell's home. Um, I assume, I kind of guess that we're going to stay with the Musgroves for a bit. Um, I'll be interested to see what Anne's interaction is with Charles, because we haven't actually met Charles yet. Um, we've just, the rest of his family, or the rest of his, the adults in his family anyway, all seem to have no issue with Anne and, the fact that she could have married Charles has not been brought up or anything. So maybe it's all sucked into the rug and it won't even be brought up. I don't know. But I am interested to see if there's any, like, drama between Anne and Charles with the fact that she didn't want to marry him all those years ago. Or if there'll be anything about, like, the fact that she's still unmarried and she's 27. Which, yeah. Is getting to be kind of an old maid in this time period. Um, I'm just thinking in *Pride and Prejudice*. Lydia makes fun of Jane for being almost three and twenty and not married. So, um, and how she'd be ashamed to be three and twenty and not married. So, twenty-seven is a good bit older than that. And Anne is still unmarried. So, I'm one. I'm just you know thinking that could be a setup for some kind of. I don't know hits by Charles about how she should have married him because look she's still single couldn't find anybody else that kind of thing I don't know Uh, maybe Charles is a great guy and he won't bring any of that up and it won't be a problem but that's where my mind is going is that there might be some drama between her and Charles over the fact that you know she could have married him and you know was his first choice but he ended up with Mary instead and there could also be some drama between Anne and Mary about that, but it doesn't seem like Mary really brings it up or cares. So I don't know. But I'll be interested to see a little bit more of the Musgroves and see where that's going and how much... You know, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to meet Captain Wentworth at some point. Is that going to happen when she goes back to Lady Russell's house? Or are we not going to meet him until she goes to Bath? Because she has to obviously run into him, right? That's the whole point. This is a second chance love story. So obviously her second chance is going to have to be with Captain Wentworth. So when are we running into Captain Wentworth? How is she going to spend time with him? We know that his sister is now living in her, is moving in soon to her old home at Kellynch Hall. So that brings up an opportunity for her to meet him in the country, which is why she could meet him at Lady Russell's house, which could be a reason for why she needed to stay back in the country and stay with Lady Russell. Um, for but she's only going to be there for a few months, and then she's supposed to go to Bath at Christmas. I think is that when they said she's going to go. So the the Calinch Hall is being let the Crofts have to take possession at Michaelmas, yes. Um, and yeah, so Lady Russell is going to Bath herself after Christmas. So Michaelmas I think is in September. I believe yes michaelmas is september 29th so end of september is michaelmas the end of september is when the crops are coming to town and then she's going to be lady russell and Anne are going to go to bath after christmas so that's like three-ish months probably that they'll be in town together in the country so that would be a good amount of time to sort of run into him again in the place where they had first met way back when, um, and he would obviously, so captain, what the captain would have to know that he, I mean, he would know that that was her house, right? So he would know that, well, he might think her family was completely out of town or got left the area, which they mostly had, um, but he would know to kind of, Be watching for her, right? If he came into town there, I don't know. I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm not quite sure where we're going with this. Like, I know that we have to meet the captain, and then there's going to be some drama amongst them because we've got a good amount of book left. I'm just not sure if that drama is going to be taking place in the country or if it's going to be taking place in Bath because I really, or if like maybe they'll meet in the country and maybe he'll follow her to Bath. I don't know. Um, because I, again, what I know about this book is that it's supposed to take place a lot of time, spend a lot of time in Bath, and that it's a second chance love story, and that's part of why this is, I believe, um, Jane Austen's oldest heroine at 27. She's a good bit older than most of the others who are... Range in age. I think Catherine Morland from Northanger Abbey is the youngest at seventeen, and most of them seem to be like 20, 21. twenty one. Let's see. Elizabeth is twenty. Emma Woodhouse is twenty one. I am. I don't know how old Eleanor Dashwood is. Marianne is sixteen, so Eleanor's a few years older than her. So maybe nineteen twenty, I think, ish. And Fanny Price. I'm not sure how old Fanny is either. Mansfield Park I have read before, but it's been a while. That's probably, other than Persuasion, the one I'm least familiar with. So, but I do think that of the books, that of the ages coming to mind, I do think that Anne here is the, Anne Elliot is the oldest heroine. Um, and so that might change some of how this goes too, because Anne is, You know seven years older than the other heroines mostly and has a little bit more you know maybe depth to her with having had this past love none of the others have ever been in love before so they wouldn't have had sort of the tragic love story of the past that she has um they're all sort of first love stories so could be interesting could be different I don't know, I'm definitely interested. I just, I feel like we're a little too early to really know what's happening and I'm interested to see where it goes. And I'm not right, I'm not quite clear, like we could spend, I'm not clear on exactly how long she's going to spend with Mary and learning, getting to know the Musgroves and how long she's going to stay with Lady Russell. Well, I mean, we know that there's, you know, it's, I think it's September now, the Crofts are coming soon, like, we're going kind to of have a timeline of what's going to take place. But, um, you know, the book could bypass those three months and have us be in Bath next chapter, possibly. Or we could spend three or four or five chapters still in the country before we ever make it to Bath. I'm not really, you know, we might not go to Bath till volume two. I don't know. Um, and... I enjoy kind of sort of speculating, so we'll see. I think we're probably going to stay with the Musgroves for at least another chapter. And then maybe staying with um, Lady Russell in the country for the rest of Volume 1, and then we'd go to Bath for Volume 2 and spend all of Volume 2 in Bath. That's kind of what I'm thinking of maybe what will happen. Just to put a guess out there, because this is the only one where, this is the only novel of Jane Austen's where I'm able to sort of make a random guess about what could happen in that I haven't actually read it, and it's the only one. So, anyway, I will stop my ramblings. That's the end of chapter five. We have gotten just a little bit more world-building information about what Anne's life is like about her sister we've learned about her sister Mary now and don't I don't particularly like her although the rest of the Musgroves seem very nice we're gonna see if there's gonna be any of that drama with Charles or not which was I'm assuming we'll meet next chapter and you know how are we gonna when are we going to meet Captain Wentworth coming back into Anne's life and how are they going to deal with that because it's going to be awkward I bet all right, Over. then I will see you next time with chapter six. So long, farewell, all and adieu. Goodbye, everybody.